welcome to the Science Allies podcast, a product of the Alliance for Science conversation with our global ecosystem of scientists, communicators, decision makers and activists, all working to build resilience and better futures for communities around the world. Welcome to another episode of Science Allies. Today we're recording this episode in Nairobi, Kenya, and I'm here with Pablo, who is one of the core members of the Alliance for Science team. He is the global policy lead, and we've been here for about a week. Um, AFS had a retreat, and we have been thinking about how can we deliver better on our mission? How can we amplify what we do so that it connects more with broader topics like food security, climate change, global health and nutrition, and misinformation across the broad spectrum. So Pablo, welcome. <laughs> Thank you, Sheila. It's great to be here. All right. So maybe you should introduce yourself a little bit and tell us about um, what it was like to be a fellow and what were your standout moments? Right, of course. So my name is Pablo Orozco. I'm Guatemalan and I'm a lawyer by training and specialize in international law. What it was to be a fellow, that's one of my favorite hats that I've worn in, in regards to the Alliance for Science. What it was to be a fellow was to find common minds that share my values and share my desire mm -hmm. to bring innovation to heal hunger and poverty. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. At what point in the training process, because it was three months, did you realize that this is something that I can grow with, that can be part of my journey? Yeah, I think it, it was funny because I was always looking forward to policy week. Okay. Of course, I'm a lawyer. But during the, the other parts of the fellowship, I, I I corroborated something that I knew, that I, I kind of knew, that a lot of public sector scientists want their innovations to actually help. Yeah. And so during the, this, this fellowship, I got to talk to scientists that were developing amazing technologies. Mm -hmm. I got to talk to farmers who were the end users of these technologies. Mm -hmm. And then when I got to the policy, I think that's finally where it all came together for me. Yeah. Because it made me realize that if there isn't sound-based, sound science-based sound science regulations in place, then all of this is for nothing. Yeah. And we really need to get these technologies to where they are needed the most. Was it a big leap for you? Because I don't necessarily think it's natural just because you're a lawyer and studied law that you can go into policy. There's, the, there's a kind of a shift needed. Yeah, I 100% I agree. 
I think for me it was natural because the reason I mm. got into law was to change things. Oh. And I remember thinking, do I want to be a psychologist? Do, mm. do I want to be a sociologist? Mm -hmm. But I, I, really young, I said I thought that laws can help change things. Oh, that okay. was kind of the premise of why I got into law. That's great. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I understand your father was a plant breeder and so you were actually exposed and open to a lot of the work that we do from a young age. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if I don't say it, he's going to, <laughs> to scold me. But yes, my father was a plant breeder and he actually got the National Medal of Science and Technology from wow. the Guatemalan government recently. Wow. But yeah, since we were young, I went to labs with him. I traveled different agricultural systems with him mm -hmm. from Texas to Scotland mm -hmm. to Guatemala. And I wow. think that really showed me the differences and the inequalities mm -hmm. of the global south and the global west. Yes. And that really stayed with me until today. Wow, that, that's really important. Yeah, so now you are working with us, Alliance for Science, you're the global policy lead. And when I came, I saw the huge body of work you're doing in terms of training and quite diverse. Um, I know in the time since I've been um, director, you have trained, um, I think, scientists or policymakers in Ghent, in Belgium. Um, you're about to do a training in Colombia on, with some policymakers on synthetic meat. So tell us a bit about what your sort of everyday ongoing activities are at their lines. Yeah, um, we the work we we do with scientists it, it differs a little bit. The work, the training we do with scientists is to train them on how to communicate the science behind genetic engineering and gene editing technologies, mm -hmm. and we try. It's twofold to help them improve the policy environment mm -hmm. by being by engaging the public telling their stories of science. And secondly, we also train them on how to participate in public participation processes, mm -hmm. where uh, regulators want everyone's opinion, different stakeholders' opinions of these mm -hmm. technologies. And we try to link those scientists that are passionate about this technology to also link up with the regulatory system and mm -hmm. tell the lawmakers and decision makers give them their expertise and help bring this science to the policymakers. Okay. Um, apart from that, I'm also really excited in a work I'm, that I'm trying to do moving forward, which is South-South collaborations. Yes. Um, I think that I, as my passion lies in Latin America and Africa, yeah. I think for me it's it has a special place in my heart to see these two regions come together, yeah. learn from each other, yeah. and try to move forward um, with their own unique voices. Yes. Yeah, and, and I was really fascinated about that when I saw that you're doing the training on synthetic meat with the Colombians because here the meat industry is really just at an early stage it has a lot of challenges but yet the future horizon is coming nearer and nearer and so there's a way in which um african livestock industry has to prepare for a far future even as it prepares its industry for the near future just in fact just enhancing production from the low levels that it is so um, that's where it becomes increasingly important to look at South-South collaboration, to think that Latin America is going, looking at when 
looking at the far future when not perhaps not so far when their industry may become less relevant and preparing strategies for that yeah the the training we're we're organizing with different um, colombian uh, scientists and regulators is focused around synthetic biology mm -hmm. and uh, digital sequence of information okay. and so what we're well what what is very interesting about that is as as we know a lot of if we look at other sectors, so for example, gene editing, the Latin American countries have really taken the lead in not just regulating these technologies, but trying to get more products that uh, really step away from what has traditionally been done. It, if you look at the Latin American um, environment for gene editing, it's mostly low and middle income, uh, low and middle um, companies that are mm -hmm. promoting these promoting new products mm -hmm. and so when when you talk about the, these type of issues it really is uh, it really will help to get these different south south um, country south countries to really think about innovation in all aspects I suppose also in the meat industry um, it, innovation it has a role to play So this training at the moment um, is taking um, the team, the Colombian team, to different um, stakeholders or shareholders or communities across Africa. So I think you're starting in Ithaca with uh, talking to the scientists and then you're going to do a little bit with industry and a little bit with policymakers. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, the idea is to bridge a little bit of the gap between the scientists and the different stakeholders that are in the environment. And so, for so we are starting at BTI. We're looking at a lot of scientists and looking at what they're doing with synthetic biology and how synthetic biology can improve development and help us reach the sustainable development goals. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of amazing work being done. Then we're we're talking with some companies, some small companies that are working with this technology and and are really focus on improving improving nutrition. And so they really focus on products in that that looks mostly at consumer. That yeah. they're they're the objective. And then the the last leg of of that uh, training, we will hopefully link up with different regulators and agencies mm -hmm. in DC and look at those and also look at other systems around the world and how they regulate their the discussion about regulating these technologies. Oh, that's great. So now let's move on to another big area of your work, which is the COP. Um, you've been a point person at the COP and you've done a lot to um, get give greater voice uh, on the biotech issues at the COP and to just um, get people to hear um, what the benefits of the technology are. So perhaps you could tell us a little bit about your engagement with COP thus far and where you hope it will grow um, through your leadership. Yes, um, we have been involved with the Biodiversity COP, and we have been. I have led our team in taking delegations of a lot of sometimes fellows, the the exact people I'm very passionate about. Yeah. Um, take them to these decision making spaces, so so we can elevate voices that are not usually there. Yeah, you always have technocrats. Yeah. You always have representatives of the global south. Yeah. 
so sorry the global north yeah and my passion is to take more diverse voices to to the cop and what we do there usually is we we give another perspective of biotechnology yeah because this is an environmental agreement so yeah. to be very, very candid um agriculture and innovation get a bad rep yeah yeah and so what we try to do and what we're really happy about how we're working on it is to bring the the very same voices that will benefit from this technology and are working on this technology and have passion about it to the cop yeah. to ex to give their perspectives yeah. and we're we're happy we're organizing side events for this this year's cop and we're happy to link more and new voices there we're talking um we're talking about um, Symbio Africa. We're yeah. talking about new universities in the yes. global uh, south, uh, Ghana and uh, Kenya. And so we're we're really excited about what we're doing. We're trying to get more young and innovative voices to the COP. That's great. I mean, I I was excited to hear about the coalition building work that you're involved in and that could be really the game changer um, where you begin to amplify um, uh, issues, contributions around biotech in the Biodiversity Corp. And people sometimes miss, ignore the Biodiversity Corp. It's a, it seems to be kind of a niche Corp. Uh, people talk a lot about the Climate Corp, which we've always also been involved in, and you've been part of that. So perhaps you can tell us. I'm going for the first time as Alliance for Science, even though I go normally to the Corps. But uh, tell us about how Alliance for Science has generally been uh, represented or what it's been doing in the Climate Corps in the past. Yeah, it's it's so funny. We, we joke around that the uh, biodiversity COP is like the ugly little sister <laughs> of the climate COP because the climate COP is so big. Yeah. Um, I think in terms of the climate COP, what we've always tried to do is try to highlight how there's biotechnology applications, locally developed biotech applications that can address the challenges brought about by climate change yeah. in the global south. Yeah. And that these are the communities and areas that most need help because they're going to be impacted the most by climate change. Yeah. So we want to get solutions to them. Yeah, now that's great. Yes, yeah, so we will be at COP this year as part of the Cornell delegation. This is the climate COP in um, Egypt in Sharm El Sheikh. And we will be trying to build um, new partnerships, new alliances, and also to try and connect um, what we're doing at the Climate COP to everything else that we're doing. So it's a much more broad narrative. Um, Alliance for Science is about breaking away from the silos and not just thinking out of the box, but walking far away from the box so that there is no box, you know, being that brave to be, to bring grand narratives in, to allow people to see the landscape um, of the issue and to see where uh, different technologies, different innovations can actually change the landscape, not just a little part of it. So this is kind of what we're doing. And um, I'm excited that Pablo is leading passionately in the policy side. We want to see the policy team grow. We want to see new, exciting collaborations, knowledge sharing, learning together across South-South and also triangular because it's one world. So there's going to be global North, South-South and, 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 and there will be a, 
different dynamics in how we um, produce content, share knowledge, and basically convene and gather. So Pablo, I just want to thank you so much for taking this time and perhaps you can give us some final words, anything you want to say that perhaps I haven't touched on that you think our listeners may be interested in. <laughs> no, I think, I think I'm excited about where your leadership is taking the Alliance for Science and I think I'll, I'll end with a call to action which is if you're a scientist, if you're a communicator, if you're a policy wonk, yeah. Whoever you are, and if you're excited about how innovations can help us uh, reach our sustainable agenda, then you know, put on put on the science ally jersey and <laughs> jump in the game. Thank you. Sir. You've been listening to the Science Allies podcast. If you enjoyed this, or if it sparked any questions, get in touch. You can reach us on any of our social media platforms. And please think about joining one of our communities. Follow the link in our show notes, and you can subscribe to our newsletter and other products. Don't forget to like and share these products too. See you next time.